Hey everyone, welcome to episode 11 of Fitmass Collective. Today, we are here for a lovely day in, Juggy, where are you? In the Bahamas? Uh, uh, Barbados. Barbados, is that your mm-hmm. favorite spot? Second favorite. My first spot is Alaska, I, Alaska. ironically. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, what are you doing over there? I got tired of being in that crampy arena and I just needed to get free out and I wanted to get away. I think everybody wants to get away at this point. Cabin fever is just, it's a thing. Uh, I've seen people go completely nuts over it. So if I can place my mindset in a place like this and just put a fan in front of me. And the thing is I have to put like um, some tanning lotion in front of the fan. So I actually smell like I'm on the beach. That's the key. You really have to get mental with it. Yeah, but nobody can smell you over here. Uh, well, if you were close, you just for self purposes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll talk about cleanliness in, in episode twelve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was actually about to buy a ticket to where was it? I was gonna go to Mexico the other day by myself. I was like, "Fuck this shit!" I'm uh, yeah, deep into school right now, which is why content has been lacking terribly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I was kind of just about to be like, "Well, I'm doing everything from home, anyways. I'm about to just." get a flight to Mexico. Peace out, everybody. But um, I didn't there do it because I'm a little, little beyond. But anyways, today we have a very special guest. Her name is Angela Riley. Angela, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Welcome, Angela. Oh. Hi, thank you. How are you guys doing today? Lovely. Good, very good. Thank you for um, So tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I am the co-host of the Stacey Pressman show. I don't know if you guys know Stacey never or not, but never heard of her. She's a comedian in New York that's friends with all of those people, you know, those people that we know. Um, and I'm a photographer, 43-year-old, um, former, uh, probably almost morbidly obese chick who has now really gotten into fitness and hopefully will be competing in a fitness competition um, somewhere around August of this year. Fitness competition. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited and nervous. Um, I'm not a, uh, well, I don't want to say I'm not a competitor now because the past like two years I've been uh, competing. I was competing in these weight loss competitions and apparently I'm way more competitive than I ever realized. It's just as a child, um, athletics, uh, anything, any kind of extracurricular activities were not like something that was um, forced upon us or even introduced to us. Um, Not to get all deep into my childhood, but you know, it just wasn't a thing that we were able to do. This is a psychology podcast. Yeah, 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 I know. Reel it in a little bit, but. uh, Um, the reason I got fat was my mom never let me play sports, but anyway, so, um, I never knew that I wanted to compete or that I liked to compete or that I was even good at it, but, um, I got really big in my thirties, like, uh, 229 pounds big. And, um, in my, uh, early four, well, I'm still in my early forties, but around like 40, I caught my, uh, my my ex-boyfriend in bed with his skinny blonde girlfriend. And that kind of kick-started this whole process. And again, I'm sorry life. about that. I'm not. He was, a, he was clearly a loser. So it was probably the best that sucks. thing. I'm sorry to hear that. What, that he was a loser? 
Well, yeah, I mean, any anybody who does that, it's it seems like that's clearly going to affect the person, like the the as yourself, like the victim, like that that has a heavy toll mentally. Especially, like, did you walk in on it or did you just find out? Yes, it is. Oh God, see, the, that's it. It was like break up and do it. I don't understand why people just can't do that. Kind of comical, like looking back at it, but. The, one of the most traumatic things I've ever dealt with in my life, and I've dealt with some stuff, but um, yeah, so he was, he's a, he's a comedian, <laughs> you know, okay, so if you deal with comedians, no offense if anybody here is a comedian, but if you deal with comedians, <laughs> oh, we are absolutely not comedians. They're uh -huh. not, they're not the sanest people in the world. Okay, no. so um, he was a comedian, and every Monday I would come visit him, and in New York, and it was our thing and I'd stay there for, you know, like a couple days or whatever. And um, I was on my way there and he hit me up and he's like, oh, don't come. I'm, I'm just depressed. I'm just laying here in bed crying and staring at the ceiling. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm already on my way there and whatever. So I'm like, maybe you shouldn't be alone. You don't have to entertain me, but maybe you should not be alone if you're like that depressed. Sounds kind of depressed, yeah. Yeah, I'm like that's scary, depressed. And Sounds it's not scary. like- yeah, it's not like he's one of those people that constantly would behave that way to where I was like, oh God, you know, here he goes again. So right. anyway, um, I was almost there anyway. So I went to my friend Stacy, the, the Stacy, the future mayor of New York City, Prussman. Um, so I was on my way to her house because I couldn't go to his. And anyway, long story short, um, I told her if he does not like reach back out to me by tomorrow morning, I'm going to have to go check on him. And, and one of two things is going to happen. He's either going to be dead because he killed himself or he's going to be dead because I'm probably going to catch him with a girl. Like I just had a feeling, you know what I mean? Uh, so you had that intuition already. Well, and I never, I don't know why I had that feeling, but I just kind of, I, you know, I guess, yeah, we have, we have intuition and or gut instinct and, yeah. and don't listen to it as much as we should but anyway so he had showed me how to break into his apartment sounds a little psycho but again I thought maybe he was dead in there so he had showed me how to get into his apartment before so I went in it was like 10 o'clock in the morning I went in opened his bedroom door and he was in bed they weren't doing anything thank god but he was in bed with this tall thin blonde um so I woke them up and it turned into like- You woke them up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, do you, you guys want some breakfast? Like, you guys want some eggs just, or you some were like, orange hey, juice? fuckers, my fat ass is in the building basically, now. <laughs> yeah, basically, all 230 pounds of me go in there and I went- Did you suffocate her? Yeah. I would have just sat on her that way. Two, thank you, yeah. I should, you should always, you don't want to up the weight, yeah. Okay, so anyway, I uh, definitely, yeah, I shook her because she wasn't waking up because she was so bombed out of her mind from their fun night before. I'm like, wake up, wake up. I'm like grabbing her by her little stupid hip bones because she was like nothing but. <laughs> grabbing her by her skeleton, oh, thin bitch. <laughs> nothing but anorexia. <laughs> and he, he wakes up and he's like, oh, hey, what are you doing here? You shook her by her pubis. <laughs> yeah. So he has to like. I grabbed her sacrum. Right, you're getting, <laughs> this is a fit podcast where you're talking to exercise science majors. Which bone? There's three in the hip. Like you guys are getting too smart for me here. I'm like, what the hell are you talking? Oh, oh my this God. is okay. hilarious. I'm sorry. I yes. I'm sorry. Me, it's funny now, but I'm yeah, very, go, go very apologetic about. Don't what be a pop, please. It was the best thing. Go ahead. You have a question. 
yeah, I would say, obviously, uh, what you were about to say kind of answered it, because how did you feel after that situation? Clearly, like, you know, anybody who gets cheated on, it's not a great feeling. And some people take it worse than others. Yeah. How specifically did you feel in pertain to um, your energy levels? I'm assuming you just felt like, oh, my God, this like this person was... did this to me, catching feelings. And this guy does this to me. I'm sure it was crushing. Yes, it was devastating. And we had been okay. together for three years. Yeah. And in that three years, I was the super supportive. And I mean, when I say supportive, I mean, not only emotionally, but financially and everything else, supportive girlfriend um, that was trying to help him with his career. Um, and uh, so that day, it went from shock to he wouldn't, he was just making jokes about it till to she wouldn't even leave for he and I to have a conversation I was like look you live here you live in New York you can see him every day for the rest of your life I don't care but I don't live here you know I'm in South Jersey so it was a you know a two and a half hour ride to get to his house I'm like give me the respect to break up and this relationship with this dude in private without his other girlfriend watching she would have bones in the room yeah, she wouldn't leave. And at first it was just, it was like, like when I think about it, I'm sitting on the couch, she's sitting next to me. I'm all fat and crying and I'm like, <laughs> you know, crying. And um, he's on the other couch making jokes and she's got her arm around me and going, how could you do this to her? How could you do that? And she's giving me like little kisses here and here, right? Uh. Should have just given you a piece of cake. Yeah, 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 it would have been better, more enjoyable, but um, or a Hershey kiss. Yeah, he didn't want to deal with it, so he leaves and leaves me and her there alone. Then when oh, he's in the room, her Brooklyn comes out of her, and she's like, she starts getting all crazy, and um, he comes back. She lies to him and tells him that I told her she better get the F out. And then she's like trying to act like she wants to fight with me. She's calling me the loser out of the two of them because I told him I was taking everything back that I had supplied him to live, which was his curtains, his sheets, his pillows, um, the spices in his cabinet. Everything he had, I gave him. And being the petty person that I was, I took it all back. And I was like, I ripped, I even ripped the curtain off of his window, you know, yes. his window. And I was like, and I'm fucking taking your curtain too. So when you fuck that bitch, your neighbors can watch. Oh, am I allowed to curse in this podcast? Oh, absolutely. 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 So, which that was the best, that was the most exciting part of the whole thing. Like it just felt good because I had been helping him pay his rent. Um, helping him do all kinds of things. For so it was, it was a, not to cut you off, it was a blessing in disguise. It yeah. basically gave you this new path in life to focus on you and not him and not taking care of him. And right. it, unfortunately, it was a shitty blessing in disguise. It happened in huge. a very yeah, odd way. But it I was... mean, now here you are, look at you, you've lost you said a hundred pounds you yeah I gained a few back because I was like I got um you know down the hundred pounds in the summer and then I gained uh maybe five back or whatever uh because I was trying to build muscle in areas you know when you lose weight really fast and I did lose it pretty fast like um 
I lost probably 70 pounds in a, a year or less. In a year? Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty quick. Um, so, you know, things, you got to get things back in place where they need to be, you know, like fill in some little stretched out skin Extra area. Hang and stuff. stuff. Yeah. So I, so after I lost it all, then I, then I started trying to build the muscle and everything like that. But that's um, actually a pretty good, yeah, I had to whip out my calculator and do the math, but that's not, that's actually a pretty decent time frame for losing that much weight. So that was about five pounds a month, which is a pretty healthy. Right. I was just going to say. It's a pretty healthy you know, when people tell me I lost 70 pounds in three months, that's very scary because now it's like culture shock. Like you've literally just completely changed everything in your lifestyle and you're probably going to go back to your old weight. So that actually brings up a question that I have for you. How long ago did you lose the weight? I mean, like, I know it's been over a period of time, but when did you start trying to lose weight? So I caught him in bed, um, March 5th, I believe it was of 2018. Um, so it's been three years. Uh, sort of, but the first year one you lost week. the weight and then- year, Well, year one, I only lost maybe 20 pounds or so. Okay. I didn't lose that much year one. Year two is when the weight loss competition started at my gym and then that's when, and I did four back to back and they were, um, they were, uh, two months a piece. Oh, wait a minute. Please don't tell me. Is this the, uh, the edge challenge? No, it was just something. Like biggest at my, loser? Yeah. Well, well, yeah, something like that. Like, so if you had a trainer at my gym, so it was basically all the trainers at my gym, their clients, if they wanted to compete in it, they could. And then like whatever clients would win, they would get money. And then whatever, you know, trainer who had a client win would get money or whatever. So the only thing I have to say about that, I, because I used to work for a commercial gym, I used to work for the edge as a personal trainer. The Mm -hmm. only thing that I absolutely hated about those competitions is that, and this doesn't necessarily apply to you, but they do not promote in a healthy and active lifestyle long-term. So typically these For example, the Biggest Loser Challenge, they will be three months long and people will just lose a drastic amount of body fat percentage. They will, again, shock their body with exercising like psychos and sweatshirts and eating one meal a day, which is not a bad thing. But in general, it's too much to do in a short period of time. Whereas if you are the type of person going into that challenge thinking, okay, I'm doing this because it's going to motivate me and it's going to help me get into leading an active lifestyle, that's different. It's difficult when money is in the mix of things, though. People are like, oh, I can definitely lose all this weight. I have seen so many people come back a year after that challenge, and they are, yet again, obese because they didn't lead, They didn't continue with that active lifestyle. There was no longer money in the picture for them. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Angela. You know, oh, you're the guest. Go ahead. I, I what I was going to say is... um. I agree with you, uh, but I also think that that's every person that tries to lose weight. It's not every person. We we all do or have done not all, but mo- a lot of like these diets, and then we get have success, and then we go back to our ways. 
It's only when you change this that you're able to um, make it a life choice. Um, I'm always going to struggle. Like when the pandemic happened, I was doing, I was killing it. Um, and then the gyms closed down and I, I got all like freaked out. Like, what am I going to do? Like, as if I thought that was it. And I was in my final weight loss competition at that time. I was in the fourth one and I was winning. I was killing it. And I was like, oh my God, I was going to win that competition. What am I going to do now? And I went home and like the first three weeks with no gyms, I was eating Ben and Jerry's, uh, the, the little pints every day. Yeah. What flavor? Huh? Oh, your, every one you could imagine. I had them oh, all. Okay. You but have a favorite? Chill was my favorite. Okay. I like half baked. that one? Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. Half baked. Like yeah, the half baked. They're all good. Yeah, they're, they're all fantastic. I do yeah. agree. Um, yeah. But then I said to myself, well, what are you doing? This is not what you worked so hard for this past year. But sadly, not everybody does that. And until they're ready to do it forever that's what we do that's why we, we we go on atkins and then we lose the weight and then we you know gain it again and then next thing you know we're doing keto and then we're doing this and we're doing that we're trying all these little magic like fixes taking the pills you know yeah quick yeah. fixes and people don't really realize there is no quick fix it's an everyday thing it's an everyday choice you gotta choose to go to the gym you gotta choose to eat the right stuff every day for the rest of your life you know you can have so what you can sorry. have your 20 piece mcnugget and your McNugget, hell yeah. whatever the hell it was you had the other day you hear, you that, you hear that stencil while. Hell yeah. and that's serious i really do take down a 20 piece nugget but you know i fasted for 22 hours before it so why the hell not um, one for was, every hour yeah i mean yeah, it's a good way to look at it Jody. i love it I well, so what was your six most successful or what has been your most successful attempt or way of keeping the weight off? So, you know, like you said, we've tried the Atkins, I've tried. So basically you're naming a bunch of fad diets and what I call fad diets because they are short-term people cannot sustain it. So what has been the most effective thing for you that has helped you, you know, keep this active and healthy lifestyle? Um, just like common, I, I hate to say it this way, but it's like, it's common sense. Proteins that are lean proteins like chicken and fish and, um, you know, lean, a lean steak every once in a blue moon, the ground turkey, which some people aren't a fan of because it's, you know, like more processed, but things like that. Um, some carbs. So I'll have jasmine rice, um, depending on, I, I base my food around my workouts too. So like on the days when I'm lifting heavier, like bigger body parts and stuff like that, then I'll have a little more carbs. I have rice cakes. I have jasmine rice. I have um, cream of wheat. Uh, I have blueberries. I have green, you know, I have I have everything. So it's not like I'm going and never eating a carb ever again. I'm not. I eat carbs right, not, every you're day. Not depriving yourself of no, I eat carbs every day. Yeah, um, but you shouldn't exactly. Huh? You, we, should. you shouldn't deprive yourself of carbs. You do oh, I thought you said you shouldn't have carbs no, every day. No, no, no. 
no, no. You should. I was, you, about you should, to go, oh, I was saying you should not deprive that. yourself, just to be clear. Right. Because a right. lot of people have that mistake. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah. And then, yeah. and that's the thing. You're not, you're not doing something that you can do forever. And then as soon as you stop keto, or if you're on keto and you're like, yeah, I'm keto, 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 right? And you're eating this high fat diet, but then you throw some carbs into the mix, you're blowing this up. Is, so this is a prime example of why I always emphasize the benefits of portion control and understanding not necessarily what you're eating, but how much you're eating. And of course, with that, you're, you're naturally going to reduce the amount of processed foods that you eat. But if you are the type of person that is constantly consuming healthy foods or, you know, the, the things that people commonly think should be in a meal prep, like you said, turkey, chicken, fish, whatever. Yeah, all that is great. But if you're only eating those things, what happens when you go to a restaurant and you can't eat that? And then you feel bad about yourself because you're like, shit, like none of this is healthy. And then you eat something and then you beat yourself up about it for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, I try not to do that anymore because, and I used to like, especially when I was competing and then I would like have pepperoni and cheese or something like during in the middle of the competition. And then it'd be like, Oh, you're stupid. You're fat. Yeah. You're loser. You can't just not eat this food. And then I was like, uh, no, I'm human. Exactly. There I'm it is. human, but I'm like an extraordinary human now. Cause I don't cheat. No, I'm just kidding. But I don't do, I don't do that as much i remember we were at the bar and you were you were like only two drinks only this but yeah. but you yeah because now because now i'm in the middle of some over the summer when i was just trying to build the muscles back up and stuff like that i didn't pay attention to any of that i ate what i wanted when i wanted but not but i always but i wanted to make healthy choices 90 percent of the time but i had pizza exactly. when i felt like having the pizza and all that but now I am a little more extreme right now, not extreme in an unhealthy way, but I have this goal that I want to achieve by the end of the summer. And I'm very far from that goal right now. So the only way for me to get there is to be super strict, super clean. And I do measure, you know, I measure all my food out and all that kind of stuff. Um, and really stay focused. That's the only way I'm going to get there. Whether or not I want to do another one of these after I do this one, who knows, maybe I'll never do one again. It's just, I want to, for the first time in my life, um, just be selfish and do something for me. Like I've never been allowed to have a dream or a goal or like an aspiration of my own. You know, I was always the, uh, the cheerleader, the backup, you know, the, the supporting cast for everybody around me, you know, helping them achieve their, their goals and stuff like that. You know, if my boyfriend was a musician, I was helping him be the best musician ever. I was putting on music shows. So he had a place to play comedians set, doing the comedy shows, paying for their rent so they can do like, no, I'm 40 how old am I? Oh, I'm about to be 43. I'm 40. I'll be 43. 42. 42. Oh, same thing with the weight. Watching. Don't call yourself 43. You said 43 before. You're 42. Did I say 43? That's sad. I can't remember. I'm 42 right now. I'll be 43 this year, but um, I'm allowed to have a damn dream. Yeah, I'm allowed yeah, to I, be selfish I, for the first time in my life. I, I would say everybody should have an element of selfishness, meaning uh, uh, what, I'm, what I'm pertaining to is that uh, you should have an element of self-care. You should be selfish. You should you should take care of yourself. You should have goals. You should have dreams. You should have aspirations. And when you meet somebody, hopefully it'll be just like um, 
instead of what I like to call this like an outlet, there's the male, there's the female. I think both people should have both of these things. So if you have the dream and so does he, you guys will, you, you, it'll, it'll, it'll work out that way. And, and, and I hope that works out for you. I mean, um, I really hope that you have um, uh, a, a lot of self-confidence. I mean, I, I, I think that you're attractive enough to not have that issue. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I, do you watch the Big Bang Theory, by the way? I don't, but I know. Yeah, I mean, do you I'm watch aware Big Bang? Absolutely not. Okay. Do not yep. even talk about that show. I'm just going for, she looks like an actress. She looks like Leonard's mother. And I'm saying that as a compliment. Okay. If you look it up, you'll know what I'm talking about. But All right. I'll look it up. Yeah. The, I mean, the I'm point aware of the show, but I never watched it really. Yeah. The point that I'm trying to make is that um, I, I, I don't think that you should feel bad about being, what you call selfish is just self-care. Like it's right. okay to have goals. It's okay to have dreams. It's okay. I, I, people should be pushing you to, to, to do that if you don't. Um, so yeah, I hope, I hope you find somebody that uh, is, is just as supportive as you are because uh, it sounds like that's what you deserve. Yeah. Um, and that'll hopefully, let, and again, the, the ultimate point that it, it'll make you feel better so that you can continue to have your own competitions as opposed to hoping for an external competition mm -hmm. to help you in your, in your guiding ways. I hope that you can create your own. Like, you know what, for the next two months, um, I'm going to do my own edge uh, competition, but don't mm -hmm. call it an edge competition. Call it, you know, um, Angela's angles. You know, I want to look good from all angles. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> that was nice on the fly, Juggy. Look at you. I'm so good at wordplay. It's not even funny. So. All right. Well, Juggy decided to not only interfere with the quality of my audio, but he also decided to talk about the Big Bang Theory. So... In turn, I kicked him off of the show, and here I am alone. However, I am with my comedy shirt in lieu of our guest, Angela's ex-boyfriend, who apparently was a piece of shit comedian that took advantage of her. And now I'm here to tell you guys a little bit of how I feel about Angela Riley's journey. And... While I think it is amazing that she has lost 100 pounds, I think that a weight loss journey is different for everybody. And some of the things that I wanted to discuss with Angela were some of the issues that she has come across with, you know, keeping up with keeping the weight off and also what kind of interventions have actually worked for her that were sustainable. As she told us, she has gone through a few ups and downs. She has tried out a bunch of different fad diets, i.e. the ketogenic diet or the, or maybe she didn't try that one, but the Atkins diet or the, my favorite, the cabbage soup diet and all of these different diets that aren't necessarily sustainable. However, she did find that the best thing that has worked for her was basically just eating what she considers healthy. So, you know, eating a lot of proteins, kind of minimalizing the amount of carbohydrates that she is consuming because that's what works best for her. But remember, weight loss is highly individualized. So just because she was able to lose and very amazingly sustain the amount of weight that she has lost over an extended period of time, this method may not work for everyone. And so this is where you really have to use yourself as a guinea pig and think about what you can see yourself doing today that you can do 
five years from now, 10 years from now, something that is actually going to lead a sustainable, healthy lifestyle. And so something that Angela had brought up before, again, Juggy rudely interrupted my internet connection. He interfered with my, my mic sound. He basically gave me the blue screen on my computer and everything shut down. So he ended it all with discussing the Big Bang Theory, which I oof, do not agree with at all. But something that Angela had mentioned was the role of relationships on maintaining a healthy lifestyle or leading a healthy lifestyle. And while I 100% agree that people that are around you, especially every day, whether it is your mom, your dad, or your girlfriend, boyfriend, wife, whatever it may be, even your friends can have some type of influence on your behaviors. The issue with considering these as barriers to these people as, main, as a barrier to a healthy lifestyle is that what happens when these people aren't around? So say you are relying on said girlfriend or boyfriend because they are healthy and since they eat healthy, you eat healthy. What happens when maybe they decide that they want to go on a binge or maybe you guys break up or maybe if it's your family that you're always surrounded by, maybe they decide to move away somewhere and now you're left with yourself. So I think that the key to this healthy lifestyle maintenance is doing it for yourself. I do not like when people say, oh, like now I'm in a relationship, so I need to look good, or I am about to get married, so I want to look good in my wedding dress and all of the pictures. This is playing on that fad diet behavior. It's a behavior that may not necessarily be something that you can continue for the rest of your life because relationships change, people change in ways, lifestyle, manners, or whatever it may be. So I think it is very important for you to consider yourself, as Angela was saying, as your number one priority and think about why you are deciding to start going to the gym, why you are starting to change what types of foods you are eating, and realize that the only person that you should be doing it for is yourself. And you should do it mainly because you want to be a healthy person. You want to live a longer life or you want to basically grow old but not grow sick. And even when you're in your 70s, you can be crushing it and still going to the gym and still eating healthy. But you know, not suffering from different diseases like obesity, diabetes. And keep in mind that the scariest thing when it comes to health is that obesity happens because of unhealthy eating habits, unhealthy lifestyle habits, like not being physically active, being sedentary for most of the day. And so if you decide that you want to continue... Being this individual who is physically inactive and unhealthy, 
eventually it is going to lead to weight accumulation, whether it's down the road or whether it's rapidly occurring because you're in a high stress state. And what happens when you start to accumulate fat is you are drastically increasing your chance of acquiring disease. So the number one cause of metabolic disorders, so things like diabetes, things like cardiovascular disease, these are all caused by having excess fat because your fat cells hold these harmful chemicals that are going to alter the way that you think about food, the way that you perceive hunger and satiation. So I just said that word very oddly, but satiety. So when you start to gain this weight, you are going to actually alter the way that your body is thinking about, oh, wait, I'm hungry. And then you're going to think, oh, wait, I'm still hungry. And then maybe you're not hungry for a while, but then all of a sudden you are ravenous, like you need to consume everything that you see. And this is a direct sign of a hormonal imbalance. And that is what is going to lead to this obese state. And so many individuals in America are within this population of this obesity epidemic or endemic, whatever you want to call it. And they don't even realize that this is what is going to drive them to acquire these diseases that are not going to allow for them to maintain this healthy lifestyle. And I know that I keep reiterating the word or the two words healthy lifestyle, but I think that that is the most important take on diet and nutrition. If you are going to do a ketogenic diet, do you really enjoy eating fat every single day for breakfast, lunch, dinner? Do you really enjoy having these shakes filled with butter or, you know, bulletproof coffee? I mean, to me, I would not enjoy that every day, which is why people will typically end up crashing. Or in other words, they will typically end up coming off of this diet, maybe binging or maybe not, maybe still trying to maintain some type of perspective on health, but it just becomes this vicious cycle. And so, yes, we need to consider, you know, our environmental factors, our social factors, so who we hang out with. But again, I think the key point here is to think about yourself and think about the, the side effects of, you know, putting large amounts of food into your body and thinking, oh, well, maybe now it's okay, but somewhere down the line, you are going to be suffering suffering in your elderly stages in life. And all of this time, you could be trying to make small changes little by little that will allow for you to actually live this life that is not as painful or, you know, not spending so many days in the doctor's office or not having to be put on multiple blood pressure medications or high cholesterol medications. Because again, all of these medications, yes, there has been a tremendous improvement in the way that these medications work, but there are also numerous side effects to these medications. So you have to take the 
you know, the risk to benefit ratio. So right now you may feel like it's okay to be this way, but down the line, you will have some type of repercussion. You will start to feel like shit more frequently. You will have to start making more doctor's visits and you will have to start piling. You know, typically when you get put on one medication, they're going to put you on another medication. And after that, co-pharmacy just keeps building and building. And next thing you know, you're on seven different medications and you have to act like an 80-year-old person with a little pillbox because you can't keep track of what medications you need to take and when. So again, I think that everyone needs to figure out what works for them. And something that I think really helps is the trial and error. So I know that I always emphasize counting calories, but you know, if you had watched, which you probably haven't, whatever, don't care. But if you had watched the little tutorial that we did in episode 10, you would see that counting calories doesn't have to be that intricate. And yes, while if you count or log your calories in a more accurate manner, then your results are going to be more accurate. But on the flip side of things, even if you just start making associations between your food behaviors and, you know, maybe even just writing, a, getting a diary and starting to track when you eat your foods, how frequently you're eating, how you feel, are you tired? Did that, that food substance make you feel really energetic? Did it make you feel tired? See what works for you. It just like, it's just like when people consider being a vegetarian or, you know, carnivore or whatever type of focus on a certain macronutrient they may want to try, while that may be great for a lot of people, depending on the, on your, on multiple factors, but one big one, your genetic makeup and your blood content, things like that, it can really depict what type of nutrition regimen works best for you. And so again, make sure that you think about yourself and think about what you like and what has worked for you. And when you find something that does work for you, then you should dig into it and get deeper into it. And you will find that you can still live your life and not have to be the person at the bar that is holding back from eating certain foods because you're afraid that you're going to go over, you know, over your limit of calories, or you're afraid that you are going to be eating the wrong things. And this goes for even like, for example, people with irritable bowel syndrome, irritable bowel syndrome. There it is. So even people that have, you know, digestive issues, they can benefit from, or they can eliminate having those problems by finding what foods are good for them. So foods that may limit inflammation. And for some people, they swear by dairy. They think that they swear by not consuming dairy and they think that, you know, or they feel that when they cut out dairy from their diet, their stomach problems improve. So the biggest goal as a health practitioner or, you know, a personal trainer, even for doctors is having people understand that everything is individualized. You know, some people 
like to go out to the bar and have fun, but other people don't. I think that was the worst example I could have ever come up with. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe I just want to go to a bar right now. But the thing here is find what works for you and dig into it. And at the same time, try not to let other people influence your decisions. And, you know, I often bring up the example of being a personal trainer where I have clients that will come to me for years and they'll do great. Most of them won't because they haven't yet decided that they're ready to make a change. But the people that do come to me and that are self-motivated will make these changes for themselves. Even if I'm not there to tell them, hey, you need to eat this or you need to exercise like this. And so instead, these individuals, to get back to my point of this whole spiel, is that when someone, say, because of cost, they can no longer afford personal training, they go off onto their own, now what? Some Most people lose their mind. They're like, now I, I don't have a personal trainer, so I'm just going to go back to my own ways. Instead, look at the people that were with me, but I wasn't telling them what to do. They were successful because they decided on their own that they were ready to lead a healthy lifestyle. They decided that, okay, I'm doing this for me, whether it's, you know, for the way that they want to look or the way that they want to feel, or maybe a mix of both. I think that these are the people that will have long-term success in having a healthy lifestyle. And of course, I am not the expert on diet or the expert on nutrition, but I do know that a lot of people that are living an unhealthy life have some type of psychological distress that is obstructing them from maintaining a healthy perspective on things. And so if this is the case, then maybe if you feel like you have a lot of stress in your life and that is what is leading to you making poor decisions, then maybe it is time to see a behavioral psychologist. Maybe you need that further assistance to just kind of get an idea as to why you might be doing what you're doing. At the end of the day, I was really excited to get Angela on because she is a good example of someone that has gone through many ups and downs throughout her her journey to finding maybe a little bit of it was her finding herself you know with the things that she had gone through and her finding herself has helped her acquire these behaviors, these new habits that she hasn't given up. It's been three years. And yeah, maybe she said she gained about five pounds back here and there, but that's only normal. Like she said, we're only human and we can't be perfect. We can't lose weight for the rest of our lives or else we're going to be like Bones that was in bed with her ex-boyfriend. So you don't want to wither away. You don't want to cut calories for the rest of your life. But if you find the balance that works for you, you can get yourself to a healthy point where you can feel like, all right, I've done it. I'm here. I've met my goals. And now her, now Angela, for example, she has turned gears into competing and she's heavily into bodybuilding now. And I think that is absolutely amazing. So for 
those types of individuals, yeah, they're going to be very strict with, you know, their feeding, what time they're eating at or when or what types of macronutrients. So how many carbs or how many fats or how many proteins that they are consuming. And that makes sense because they are, you know, they're on a more strict schedule and they have specific goals and deadlines to meet before competition. But for everybody else, the motivation is within you. And whether it's starting off by making one small change, like only shopping the perimeter of the grocery store, maybe that's a goal that you set for one month. Set a small goal for yourself. And once you obtain it, little by little, if you keep setting these small goals for yourself, you will find that, wow, I was successful. I adhered to this one goal that I had. What makes me think that I can't get on to the next goal and tackle that goal? You can. You can find what works best for you. And it only takes a few weeks to develop a habit. And once you develop that habit, you can kind of find ways to implement other new habits without shocking your body, without being very strict about, oh, I have to go to the gym. I have to lift weights like a beast for one hour. And tomorrow I'm going to go for two hours and I'm just going to lift a bunch of shit up and put it down and grunt and look like a crazy person. Hey, by all means, you can do that, but it's not necessary. Leading a healthy lifestyle starts with reducing sedentary behavior. And that is actually becoming the major criteria for physical activity. It is actually to think about how much time you spend sedentary. If you have a desk job, you are probably the number one candidate for high sedentary behavior. And so finding ways to improve or to reduce the amount of time you spend sitting is your first goal. It should be one of your first goals because that is way more important than going to the gym for one hour of the day. You have a whole 23 hours left where you're sitting, then that one hour really isn't going to improve your health. It's not going to reduce. I mean, it is, of course, going to have health benefits. It is going to be beneficial, but it is more beneficial for you to focus on just in general, increasing the amount of time that you're moving, whether it's at the gym, whether it's standing up and walking around your house, whether it's something simple like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. And I think that these are some of the things, the foundations of, again, healthy lifestyle. If I'm not annoying you now, I, I'm annoying myself. So I truly believe that everybody can find, you know, this kind of sounds like some crazy, not intervention, but I am no behavioral scientist, but I have been in this, in the exercise and nutrition field, or I've been studying in this field for seven years now. And while I get it, I am getting more pieces of paper and adding to my degree. You know, that's not important, but the most important thing to me along this journey has been coming across a bunch of different people and analyzing their behaviors and how they are driven to be a healthy person. And I found that self-motivation is key. 
and everything that you do, do it for yourself. Put yourself above other people, especially when it comes to your health. And I'm not saying that you need to, you know, only think about you. I'm not telling you to be selfish. I'm not telling you to do anything. You can do whatever you want. But I do think, again, think about you when it comes to health and put that above everything else in your life or else down the road, or maybe you're already down the road. Maybe you're in your fifties or I don't know if six-year-olds are going to be listening to this, but you know, maybe I wonder if my dad listens. He's like 72. Wow. He's old. So, you know, think about long-term and if you're already in the long-term, then think that you have already developed so many habits in your lifestyle. And if you try and change everything now, I can guarantee you it is not going to work. So making small changes and finding yourself along the way is going to be key. And so to sum this little spiel up, I don't know what this is supposed to be about, but I would like to tell you guys to go and follow Angela Riley on Instagram. She has made some absolutely tremendous changes in her life. And you can tell just by looking at her that she has worked her ass off. And I think something that is even more, I know this is so old school of me, I'm using a Word document, but just take a look at how happy she looks. I mean, she looks happy on, on the left side too here in this first picture, but she looks amazing. And this was three years ago that she started this journey and she's still here. And now she's to the point of becoming a bodybuilder. And I mean, it's doable. And even if her old ass, no, I'm just kidding, Angela, you're great. Uh, but she is in her 40s and she did it so anyone at any age can decide to make a change but as Angela said she decided to make this change for her because it was time for her to think about what meant the most to her and it became her health and I think that is the biggest takeaway and again follow her her Instagram account is ar underscore fitness 78 Follow her on Instagram. She also has Twitter, and her Twitter account is Angela R-I-L-2. And she's always posting inspiring messages or pictures and videos, and I think it's great. So give her a follow. And also, I was talking shit about Juggy. I'm the worst, but at Juggy Haha, go and follow his Twitch account. I'm not a big gamer. I know he always says that, but I do condone anything that people like to do for themselves. Still a little bit mad at him because he decided to talk about the Big Bang Theory. But um, anyways, I am Chick, and you can follow me on Twitter at Chick underscore Mangioni. And you can also follow me on Instagram on my personal account when my name is right here, Laura Mangone. I don't care. I just dox myself. All right. And see you guys for episode number 12.